Welcome to the Data for Betterment podcast, Reimagine Hybrid Work, with your host, Maribel Lopez. Maribel is the founder of the Data for Betterment Foundation and Lopez Research. The Data for Betterment Foundation is a nonprofit organization that helps individuals understand and prepare for how their career will change as companies embrace new technologies. Lopez Research, a market research and strategy consulting firm, helps companies understand how technologies such as connected devices, collaboration, cloud computing, and AI change the customer and employee experience. The firm's clients range from startups to global corporations, including 10 of the Fortune 30. She's also the author of the highly regarded business book on how those technologies are transforming the company, employee, and customer experience, Right Time Experiences, published by Wiley. She's also a frequent public speaker at corporate events and contributor at Forbes.com. Maribel is currently researching and writing her next book on how to build successful strategies for workplace transformation. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, this is Maribel, and I just wanted to let you, the listeners, know that there's going to be a three-minute bonus clip at the end of this podcast. There was just one more question I was dying to ask TJ, so he answered it graciously, and I put it at the end, and I think you're really going to be interested in that little bonus clip. Hope you all are doing well, and keep on listening. Hi, I'm Maribel Lopez, and welcome back to the Reimagine Hybrid Work podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined here today by TJ Kennedy. TJ is the CEO of Humu. TJ, welcome to the show. Tell us who Humu is and what that's all about. Sure. No, I really appreciate it. Great to be here. I mean, Humu is an enterprise video platform that really tries to drive in this new work from wherever, whenever environment. We have a, a long history. We've been around in different formations for the past 18 years or so, but really have moved into the SaaS enterprise video world. And we focus on really large scale live streaming as well as large scale video on demand or asynchronous video. And we also handle a lot of unique security requirements for many of our large enterprise customers, in addition to having enterprise video content management. So really trying to get the value of video to be leveraged across an enterprise and really help the business grow. Okay, so clearly, 2020 and 2021 have been the year of video without a doubt, but I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about how video has redefined the communications and engagement landscape during or post pandemic. I mean, did anything surprise you about the use of video and what your clients were doing? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that surprised me. I think last year, it was not surprising to see that video teleconference, the Zooms, the WebEx, the Teams really replaced the conference room, right? What we used to do when five or 10 of us got around a conference room table has basically been replaced by those kind of video teleconference platforms. Unfortunately, I think the surprising part was we ended up having more meetings, not less. And a lot of folks got tired of being on 10 hours of video teleconference meetings, right? And so I think we also saw that that constant two-way synchronous engagement for everybody in every meeting also was more intense than being in a room for a lot of folks. So it affected people differently. I think in 2021, what we're seeing, and it's not a surprise either, but I think it's a positive development, is the growth of asynchronous video. And I think what's really exciting about asynchronous video is it doesn't mean you have to always be on video. You might be watching another leadership team member's video about what's happening in their part of the company. You might be distributing it to tens of thousands of employees with an update. You may be sharing with your customers. A lot of our customers, you know, finance customers, healthcare are using it to educate to their customer base and making sure they're sending out a lot of communication. 
So we saw crisis communications in 2020 really grow. And in 2021, what we're seeing is it's becoming the new normal. And I think what's exciting about that is the way work is going to be done, perfect for your podcast, is going to change forever. And I think what was great about the pandemic is we had 18 months to practice in a forced environment that got us way past that 30 days of normal permanent change. And so now what we're looking at is people are really redefining work. And I could talk about this for probably six hours today. Okay, I want to really dig in on this concept of redefining work because a lot of people are returning to the office. And as you noted, we have basically spent 18 months getting the video conferencing thing as we know it down. But how should people be thinking about communications, collaboration, video as we move forward? Like, what are we redefining? Well, I think what we're redefining is both the place that work happens and the time that work happens. So if we look at it in 2019, we all went to the same office, therefore we were working in the same place, and we typically worked the same hours, you know, Monday through Friday, eight to five, whatever that may happen to be. What we determined over the past 18 months is that's not necessarily the way work should always be done, and it's actually not the way work is done. So what we're seeing now is a big transformation, and the transformation is not just coming from leadership, it's actually coming from the employee base. And what we're hearing from employees, I think, is so important. We did a lot of surveying last year to determine what we were going to do as a company. And when we surveyed all of our employees, we found out that more than 80% really enjoyed that new flexibility and actually were being more productive. So what we decided was it made more sense to look at it permanently, where we're going to go to hybrid or we're going to go to work from wherever, whenever. And when we surveyed them, we really dug into what did that mean and who wanted to be in an office. And the long story short that we determined from working with our employees was that work from wherever, whenever was the new normal for them. And when I say wherever, whenever, what I mean is that the place that they work is wherever it is that's best for them. And that may be home, that may be a a shared flexible office environment, where it's not as a permanent Kumu office in our particular sense. We decided in Q4 to give up our permanent office space and go to work from wherever. The whenever part is we were already a global company, but what we also determined through talking to our team is that different people, even in the same countries and in the same time zones, we're going to be working at different times. And as part of that, what we find is asynchronous work is a big part of this new wherever work as well. So whether people are in the office, but they're commuting at different times because there's less traffic or whether they're at home around the world, I think the new thing is not necessarily in the same place, which we learned a lot about last year with COVID, but now it's also not necessarily at the same time. And the key to that is being able to over-communicate. And video gives us a lot of this capability, certainly, that we can do asynchronous video and share in three minutes what might take an hour. So I love this concept. I think the asynchronous is really important because one of the things I know that you've probably struggled with and I've struggled with is we work all of the time zones now because people are everywhere. So how do you deal with making sure that your teams can have access to information and you're communicating with them in a way that they consider engaging but not where everybody is all there at the same time. One of the things that I'm getting pushback on though is culture. Mm-hmm. So you've been experiencing this and I wonder if you have any tips on how to think about creating culture if you go to, in your case, a much more radical move where it's work anywhere, it's not in a specific office. Yeah, I mean, culture is still very important to build, but I think we build culture through communication and we build it through building relationships. At the end of the day, culture is built upon trust. And so the way that we need to build trust in 2021 and 2022 is very different than say 2019 and 2020. And so I think when we look at that, it doesn't mean you still can't have offsites. The question is, you know, is that Monday through Friday, eight to five in the office that you're getting that culture building? 
or is it being done through a mixture of synchronous and asynchronous video, phone calls and other elements, but also then driving that to having appropriate offsites or real team building events that are driving that. And I think what we're gonna see is an uptick in those team building events that happen, but maybe they happen in really fun places. You know, I spent a lot of my life living in Park City, Utah, which is a pretty fun town. And maybe we're doing that around a bobsled run, or we're doing that around a ski run, or we're doing that in other ways. And, and there's so many summer and winter and fall and spring activities in different communities, you know, around the world where I think you can build amazing team relationships, you can focus on strategy together in person, but it doesn't mean that happens Monday through Friday in the office. I love where you're going with this, this concept of, you know, part of culture is around shared experiences, going someplace, sharing not just a, hey, here's our strategic roadmap, but having some fun with it as well. And that's where we create some of these deeper relationships. Now, you've spoken to a lot of people over the pandemic. Are there things that people are actually getting wrong when they think about doing video that we should try to course correct them on now? Yeah, a little bit. I think when we talk about video, it's not all synchronous. I think when we do synchronous, it needs to be engaging. So you have to have the authentic human connection part. And so you and I today are looking at each other on video and we're probably both working out of our home offices and we're dressed how we're dressed. It's not the old days of where I wear a suit and tie to work every day. And that's actually authentic. It's more authentic, right? No one's putting on a, a uniform to have this conversation. And I think having authentic conversations and that are engaging with your employees are great. So, I mean, I had a discussion with my customer success team today and had them on all around the world in different time zones in a synchronous environment, but it was about chat and Q&A and open Q&A and discussion. And so everybody had a chance to have a voice and be a part of that discussion. If you're engaging like that, that's what live synchronous video should be about. I had a customer today who had hundreds of questions come in, you know, as part of their key kind of events. Those are, are really exciting events for, let's say, a CEO town hall if they're very engaging. We also use polling. I think polling is great. Like how many people want to come back to the office 100% of the time? How many want to be in a hybrid environment? How many want to stay working from home forever? You know, those are key elements. And so I think it's about the human connection on synchronous. And then on asynchronous, I think it's about avoiding having too many meetings, right? So if we think about it, the point about synchronous is if we were having a meeting, I'll just use one yesterday. I had a big marketing update with my CMO and my leadership team. And rather than having the one hour meeting for a marketing briefing and what's happening, she sent out a six minute video the night before with all of the key briefing material and the updates that was a, a watch ahead instead of a read ahead document on the agenda and what was gonna be covered and what were the updates. And then we had a real dialogue and discussion about actions and activities and things that we were doing that were gonna drive the business. So I think the goal is if we have just information or briefings to share, that should be asynchronous. That doesn't need to be part of a, a one hour meeting session. The other thing is it allows you to get into shorter amount of meetings time-wise that allow you to be much more effective in your communication. I actually like this, the whole, let's sit for five hours and I'm going to basically present you to death is not something that anybody wants or needs anymore. And you can get to this faster, richer, more engaging dialogue if you have the ability to review all those materials ahead of time. And actually, I think video makes that an interesting angle as well, because you can add some personality to it. So it's they're still seeing you, they're still feeling it, getting your enthusiasm around it but they can do it when it works for them. Maybe it's after they pick the kids up from school. Maybe it's 10 o'clock at night when they feel they have a break, but they can find the time that works for them so that they can have the rest of their life working well and optimally. So those are some big changes that I think really people should embrace. I love that. I've had a couple of clients that have done that with us as analysts, and it's made a difference in terms of how we can engage with them. 
What other advice do you have for organizations as they look to embrace this hybrid work world? Consider that you're working with many different generations of employees and team members, and that diversity, equity, and inclusion is such a huge part of what we're doing. And for our company, I found when we went to work from wherever, whenever, it allowed us to hire and grow our workforce in a more diverse way, first off, and there's a major benefit to that. I think the diversity of ideas and thoughts are going to make you a, a more successful company, plain and simple. And so I think when you have that flexibility, it changes, you know, who are the people you can attract? I also think it helps you with recruiting. You know, great technical talent and leadership talent is very competitive right now. And I think if you understand that employees are looking for two things, one is flexibility, but they want to work. They'll be super productive. We saw that over the past year. But the second part is they're looking for certainty. We had offices in London and near San Francisco and near Minneapolis. And when you look at those kind of office environments, people had to live in the city or have a commute. So that certainty of, am I going back to the office? Am I permanent work from wherever? Do I have to go back certain days of the week? That uncertainty causes people sometimes to look for new jobs. So certainty is a, a really key part of it. And then back to the generational bit, I think in general, the younger generation does more short form video. So we as leaders also have to realize that, you know, an hour long town hall may not be the best way to communicate with them. It will at times, but like I do weekly updates or more with the entire company in a two or three minute video. What's happening with our strategy this week? What are the big announcements? What are we doing? What's feedback I've heard from customers? And every single person in the company gets to see it. And I get to see the analytics. How many opened it? How many watched it from start to finish? I can become a better leader by seeing if I go on too long or don't have good information to share, the, the viewing will drop off. So that feedback in the analytics is really, really helpful. I also use even with my board, I send them updates uh, by video every single week. And it's actually faster than writing an email because if you think about your key thoughts for what you want to accomplish, you can actually do a short update on video that's very authentic, covering more information in a shorter period of time. So I think how we use technology to communicate is just changing and we have to accept that and embrace it. I absolutely love where you're going with this, the short crispness you know, some people say it's an intention span thing, but I actually think where we're going is a much better place. It's like, get to the point. You don't have to ramble. People always talk about efficiency and productivity, but if we are short and crisp and to the point, we really get to impact. So it's not about let's be able to do more per se. It's like, let's take our time and use it better. And I think that the tools we have technically now can really help make that happen. I don't know if you want to put on a crystal ball and talk about how you think video will change our lives in the next five years or something that you're really excited about. What do you think? Which question? Yeah, I'll take the how is video going to change the world? I think video does change the workplace. And I think it changes the workplace through this perspective that we talked about a little bit earlier. We used to work same place, same time. We then work different place, same time. And I think the future is about different place, different time that we work and it becomes a, a much more asynchronous workforce. And I think that does not happen without both synchronous and asynchronous video. And so I think video will have that effect that allows us to communicate at different times around the world in a global working marketplace that actually gives people more flexibility, but they still can accomplish the same or more due to video's capabilities with that. So I think that's transformational. I think we're going to look back five years from now and say the world changed in 2021 when people decided how was the future of work going to be? Absolutely. I'm with you on that. So I've now introduced a new thing. I was in another podcast and they introduced something called the 10 second recommendation. So 
would you like to recommend a book, TV show, activity, anything you want to listeners? It doesn't have to be tech related, but just something that you think is cool that people should know about. I'm somebody who loves embracing change and helping make change happen. And one of the best books I've heard uh, and actually read multiple times now is John Cotter's on leading change. It's one of those books you can just keep going back to and reading again or listening to again, you know, on your phone. And I think what's great about that is it, it continues to reinforce the core elements that allow companies and individuals to change. And, and the core concepts haven't really changed over the years. And I think it's just so important for us to understand that I think innately as humans, we often push back against change. But once we learn to embrace that change and really do the things that are required, it allows all of us to change and grow. And I, I just love to see that growth and that disruption that occurs when we embrace it. I love it. That's a great suggestion. So where can people find you? Do you have uh, social handles you'd like to share with the audience? LinkedIn? Website? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kumu.com is where you can find all the great things about what we're doing over at Kumu. But when we talk about social handles, certainly out there on LinkedIn and on Twitter, it's TJ Public Safety. Happy to engage with any of you by direct message. And certainly I'm always out there talking about actually this future of work. This is something that I just think is probably the most exciting thing that's going on in our work lifetime right now. And I think when we look back on it, there's probably not a more significant change in the last 30 years than what we're going to see here in 2021 and going into 2022. So to me, it's just so exciting to see and the constant news and changes that are happening in this space is, is just it's vibrant right now. I am so happy to be part of this time where we can actually create such tremendous change and value. So TJ, thank you for sharing your insights. And I look forward to see what you're going to create moving forward. Do keep in touch. Thanks for listening, everyone. So you closed four offices around the globe. Tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, so in our, in our journey to work from wherever, whenever, what we had to really focus on was, you know, what did our employees need? And so beyond that surveying and asking them and we listened to them is we had to look at what were we spending on offices and what was the right way to do that. And we had offices, you know, in the San Francisco area, the, the Minneapolis area, the London area, as well as in India. And what we found out was there was kind of two main things people wanted. They wanted to have access to flexible workspace. So think of a we work like facility and there's many different ones of that. And so what we did is we pulled them and we bought that at a variable rate based upon the number of people who wanted access to it, knowing that's gonna change over time. Then we negotiated with our landlords to get out of our permanent office space. And that's not always easy. And that's gonna be a unique time obviously right now, but you have to commit to what's the right thing for your company in the future. And then we also looked at, did we need to adjust and put more money into our travel budget and our experience budget for getting folks together from some of that office budget, right? So it's not that it's all the savings, it's just we're changing where and how we focus that spending and it is different. But to me, I think that experience is when we all get together. And so I just got together a team in one of our office location cities and we just rented out a rooftop and got everybody together and spent hours in a COVID safe environment having a great interaction. Today, one of my executive team leaders is actually doing the same thing in the San Francisco area with all of our employees in that area. And so, you know, we're still having that human engagement in addition to leveraging synchronous and asynchronous video, but it's in a way that our workforce wants to embrace and it's in a way that allows them to grow and build trust with each other but it doesn't require permanent long-term workspace. And I know that's a huge shift for people when I, I suspect that most will go to hybrid, not necessarily all to work from wherever, whenever, but that whenever piece is always the unique part that's still left. And I think on the whenever piece, what we're trying to work with the team is, is if we need something by tomorrow, 
it doesn't matter if it happens during the middle of the day today, if it happens tonight, if it happens early tomorrow morning, and with a team that's spread across the world. I mean, we have global time zones that our team's working in. All that matters is that they get their piece of the work done and share and communicate with others, which we use many different SaaS tools, including our own, to do that. And it's so important that they they know it's about accomplishing the objective. It's not about having you know, just synchronous work. Yeah, I think we're really moving away from that whole concept that you have to be at this place at this time and everybody has to do this at the same time. It never worked that way anyway. And now this gets back to something that you mentioned earlier about culture and trust. So if part of culture is trust and if trust is essential to work, then that's the real managerial thing that I think a lot of organizations need to work on right now. And I'm excited that we're getting to that space. I think it also just allows us to accomplish so much more in a shorter period of time and in a different location. I recently had a leadership team member who said, hey, I wanted to work from Mexico for a month with their family because they wanted to get that experience while their kids were out of school. And that's the other thing is you have great connectivity. You're going to work when you need to be working to get things accomplished. It doesn't matter necessarily where that is or when that is as long as all of the work gets done. And so I just think we're opening up our team to a broader view of personal experiences, life experiences, as well as work experience.